0: It is uh, good to be with you this morning. Happy Easter. Uh, Christ is risen. Do you know what it is? Uh, do you know what? It's actually a privilege to be here and I'm glad that you're excited to see us. I don't know if you heard, but we attempted to go to the USA, but they decided they didn't like us. So we were sent to Australia instead. Uh, but it is a privilege to be here. To my American friends that are here, we still like you. I might have some issues with your water security, Um, but it is such a privilege to be with you. It's such a privilege to come around on a day like this where we put just that little bit extra focus on the fact that death is lost, that the fact that every struggle that you've gone through does not get the last say that the brokenness you are struggling with in your life will feel like the blip in eternity that came and went before you knew it. And even though you might be in the middle of the valley, it doesn't get the last say because Jesus is the promise that as he came first, we too shall go. We, We are a resurrection people. Sure, we are a death people. We are a people who that embrace the suffering of Christ, but we're a resurrection people. I've started to talk. Ange and I are supposed to be tag-teaming this morning, which I'm excited about, but I probably should be a little bit more quiet. Maybe you can pray for us, Ange, as we uh, launch in this morning. Uh, this morning, just as the crew, can you, you can hand out communion. What I want you to do is I want you to grab communion. I want you to hold on to it this morning for a reason. You're not to take it. Don't don't take it through the message. I want you to hold on to it. And I want you to, for a moment, before we even launch into the message, I want you to think why are you holding on to it? Because I think sometimes we let go of it. So for the moment, I just want you to hold on to that. Don't get distracted. And then let's launch in. How about I pray? Look, God, we thank you that you are good. And that you have defeated death, the last great enemy. And Lord, nothing that has happened to us, nothing we have done can hold us back when we are living in you. We have left our identity in Adam and we have stepped into Christ by faith. And so, Lord, this morning we pray that we would, we would lean into your word, we would lean into the maturity that is found in agreeing with the resurrection of Jesus on our behalf, that we would become everything you have called us to be, that we would be your people, set apart, named by you in your precious name, Amen.
1: Uh, there's myself and Josh and we've got our four kids, they're all here with us today. But can I tell you, the Middle East is different to Australia. In fact, much of it is very different and doesn't feel like home. The culture's different, the food's different, the language is different, uh, everything at times feels very much not like home. And um, But just this last week we've been in Kuma and we've been with my husband's family, with Karen and Mike Redding and um, the kids have been with their grandparents it's been great and just last night we were sitting watching TV we were with Josh's dad sitting on the lounge enjoying a TV show and the ads came on and Josh's dad likes to mute the ads right and our youngest daughter Zoe was sitting with him and she's like what are you doing pop why are you like why is it silent I can't hear anything And he's like, oh, I hate the ads. They're loud, they're noisy, they're distracting. I just want to watch my show, right? So he just mutes them, turns them off, and then the show comes on. He puts the sound back on. Zoe had a little bit of a laugh because she said, you know, Pop, where we live, we have a subscription to watchnrl.com, okay? And so on the weekends, we sit down and we watch the footy together and the ads come on and we love the ads, especially the KFC ads, because they're Aussie. We get the Aussie accent. We see the Aussie sceneries and the landscapes. We get to see inside Aussie homes, even just for a moment. Like it's just a little glimpse of, oh, that's what home's like. And, you know, I think that um, Jesus was doing that when he told stories. He told stories about the kingdom of heaven. When he performed miracle after miracle, we got a glimpse of home we got a glimpse of what eternity is like and in the ultimate moment of his resurrection we see kingdom heaven come to earth and we get this moment where home is here eternity is now and so we want to talk to you about that this morning
0: amen right now i just want you to take this in your hand for a moment you're not gonna, you're still not gonna take it. it. Might sound funny, but I want you to take it in your hand because in your hand this morning is a representation that where there has been devastation, there will be deliverance. See, what we remember when we take the blood and the, the bread in this moment or the, the cup and the, the bread is not simply that Jesus died, but that he rose. And so I want you to take hold of it this morning. I want you in, in a sense, I know it's a bit weird these days, let's be honest for a second. Like in the past, we were like, oh, those Catholics and their wafers, and all of a sudden we got wafers too. But anyhow, take hold of it, because if you let go of this, nothing else matters. Maybe you are going through pain. You don't let go of it, because pain without resurrection means that the pain gets a last statement. Maybe you're going through sickness, and I, I, can I tell you, take hold of it, Because sickness without healing is nothing. And we know the fact that Jesus died and he rose again, that we can have the guarantee in him that we will be raised, that we will be made well, even if it's in the resurrection, not in this life. Maybe we might succumb to the the wasting of the flesh, but can I tell you, in his spirit we will rise again. Because Christ has not died in vain. Christ has come and is going to reign again. At the end of Philippians 3, and I want you to keep this in mind, Philippians 3 speaks of the resurrection and the death of Jesus, but it ends with this statement. And I want you to keep this in mind because I want us to aim for the end as we start the beginning. It says this, All of us, then, who are mature, should take a view of such things. If on some point you think differently, then I pray, he says, that God too will make it clear to you, only let us live up to what we have already attained. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14.
1: And so Paul writes to the church in Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, he says to them, If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. You see, our faith is anchored in Christ's resurrection. It's useless without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In faith, we come into Christ, we take on his identity. And we come into his capacity and power. If we know... You're right there. If we know that we have been delivered from sin and slavery and yet we continue to live in it, then our faith is useless and we are in fact denying the very resurrection of Jesus Christ. We live not in the promise of resurrection. Yeah, by doing that, we live not in the promise of resurrection, but we end up living in the problems of our brokenness. And so Paul goes on and he writes in verse 15, More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Can you catch that for a minute? If only for this life we have hope in Christ, if it's only for this life, then we are of all people most to be pitied. You see, those whose hope is anchored in Christ in this life and in the next life, those are the ones who are to be most envied. We are the ones who have a life eternal and an anchor that holds us no matter what is going on in the world around us. If you want the circumstances and the troubles of this world to be under your feet, if you want to be the one who walks on the water, who walks on the waves, then can I tell you today that your focus cannot be on the circumstances around you or on the water or on the waves, but our focus is on the word of Christ and on his resurrection. And so that is where we set our heart and our mind. Verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Can I hear a hallelujah and amen? Jesus' resurrection is more than just rising from the dead. You know, there are plenty of people who actually have risen from the dead, people who rose from the dead before Jesus, people who have risen from the dead since. Lazarus was in the grave for even longer than Jesus was in the grave. But there's a difference. Jesus will never, ever die again. His resurrection changed history. It changed the world. It brought kingdom, heaven, and united it with earth. And so in the incarnation, God in flesh, the eternal enters our world. In his resurrection, the flesh transformed to never taste death again. To live beyond the sting and the pains of this world. Who's up for that this morning? Who wants to live beyond the worries and the pains of this earth, of this world? The wonder born in the rec- resurrection kills the wonder. The wonder. I practiced that so many times. The wonder. <laughs> okay i did practice it the wonder the wonder of christ and the resurrection it kills the wonder it stops us from wandering it anchors us in eternity life everlasting even when we struggle with the temporal you know, I just want to remind us this morning, and this is what Paul does over and over and over again. He reminds the people of faith. He reminds the church that the very same power that rose Jesus from the grave is what is at work within us. It lives in us. It makes home within us. That same power, that same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Verse 21, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. As in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Because of Jesus' resurrection, death is only a reminder that life is coming. Our hope cannot be squashed by death. We can live in Good Friday. Okay, and it's very important that we start with Good Friday, that we understand that death happens and that the death of Christ is the payment for us and the forgiveness of our sins. But we have to continue to move on into the fullness that his resurrection offers us. There is still a fullness of life that sometimes can feel a little bit out of reach. It can feel quite not quite within our grasp. And so can I encourage us this morning that when we remember Good Friday, we are reminded that there is more to come. There is the Sunday morning. There is the resurrection of Christ. For as in, in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive.
0: The question remains, I think, however... Am I actually living in Adam or living in Christ? See, all too often we know that the the works of our hands and the thoughts of our minds are not really who we're supposed to be. I'm sure you know this, I know this. There's a struggle still within my flesh and my spirit to pursue the things of the flesh, even though I know I'm born of the Spirit. Am I in Adam or am I in Christ? And I think all too often, particularly if you're a Westerner and you've got individualism in you, you miss the key here. We live in Adam, the extent and the DNA and the inheritance of Adam. And the inheritance of Adam is death, division and destruction I am in this sense, in my very being, in Adam. Yet, I have a choice through faith to live in Christ, in the inheritance of the Spirit, that I might live in an eternal world before I even fully taste it. For in Adam all die. All in Adam will die. There's one guarantee And that's it. Each one of us in Adam, in our flesh, will die. Yet there is one guarantee as well that can be just as relied upon that all in Christ. If you have put your faith in Christ and you are in Christ, then it's guaranteed that you will rise again, that you will live. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will live. If you turn with me to uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, because we need to ask the question what is it to live in Christ? For Philippians 3, verse 10, I, he, the Apostle Paul says, I want to know Christ. This is the one, by the way, who encountered Christ on the road, and yet you hear in this passage a desperation that says, I want to know Him, I want to know the power of His resurrection, I I want to know the life that is to come, I want to know Christ, to yes, to, to know the power of His resurrection and the participation in His sufferings. Some of us are like, yeah, yeah, no, I like the life bit, I don't like the death bit. See, that the reality is to participate in the resurrection requires Good Friday. Some of us, and I'm, I'm with you, by the way, are sitting there and there's the burning of the flesh and there's the broken reality we live in. And we're like, no, 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 I don't want to participate in the suffering. I just want to participate in the victory. But can I encourage you? There is power to be found as we walk faithfully through the suffering towards the resurrection, We we increasingly have a society, and dare I say it, much of the church, that will confess our brokenness as wholeness. But here's the problem. If you think your brokenness is wholeness, then there is no resurrection for you. Because you're living in Adam. (coughs) Whether it's my sexuality, or whether it's my identity, or whether it's my job, or whether it's my relationships, or whether it's my finance... Whatever it may be, if I choose to dwell in Adam, as comforting as that might be for a moment, I circumvent the journey to resurrection, to living in Christ. To live in Christ is to know the freedom of letting go and then taking hold. To let go of what has happened to you to let go of what you have done, to let go of those things that you have been told you are or you are not, to let go. But whatever, Paul says, were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. This guy who had social prestige and likely family and had all these places of privilege in society was like, all that? No, I'm letting it go. I'm just, just letting it go and I'm going to take hold. So, can I encourage you? I'm going to encourage you more than once today. Take hold of this because it's not going to do you any good if it's next to you. It's not going to do you any good if it's in your the top uh, shelf of your cupboard. It's not going to do you any good if you just leave it there on Sunday. It's something we take hold of after we let go of the past. All too often we hold on to the past and thus we can never take hold of what God has for us. To live in Christ is to know that everything, everything entirely is garbage. I'll ask you a question. I bought one of these this morning. Should be playing Aussie rules, you're allowed to drop the ball in that game. Sorry, joking. A little bit osseous. I was surprised that the Raiders won too, by the way. Gosh, miracles do happen. How much is this worth? Some people do know. Come on, some of you use a scabbin in bins to get it. It's 10 cents apparently. 10 cents. You take it into someone and they'll give you 10 cents. It looks nearly identical to this in most regards. The bottle is identical, but this is just worth... (laughs) nothing. This, on the other hand, I don't want to throw this. This could actually hurt you. It's apparently worth about four bucks. See, all too often we we take hold of this and we're like, my job is everything, or that relationship is everything, or this feeling or instinct is everything. And Jesus is going, but you're empty, and I gave myself that you might be full. The Spirit of God which raised Christ from the dead is supposed to be in you that you might have a surpassing wealth or you might have a surpassing value that's only found in being in Christ. And I, I'm i not a good basketball player. I suck at basketball. I noticed, uh, I forget who came in early, but someone came in earlier. And they were really tall. And I'm not very tall, but this is my holidays without Jesus. Garbage. Might sound, you're like, okay, I can handle that. See, the Apostle Paul says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things, I consider them garbage. My job compared to Jesus, I can't throw. Garbage, That promotion, rubbish, whatever, it's empty. It might have the right shape, it might even look important, but without the contents, it means nothing. Let's see if I can step on any other things. My sport, oh, maybe your sport, no. No, serious. I love rugby league. Without Jesus, total garbage. Who gives us stuff? No, I'm serious. Like, who cares? I, 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 in the last four years, I've broken so many bones in this sport. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> Clearly, I put some value in it. However, it's like 10 cents to the four bucks, except less. It's worth nothing compared to the surpassing wealth of knowing Jesus, my PhD, my marriage, relationships, education, family, work, Money, that home I want to build, garbage. What do we got here? Health, investments, dream home. I'm not saying they're not valuable, but compared to Christ, I nearly got it in. It's like holding on to the empty bottle when Jesus, is like, just let me fill you. And it might sound funny, I sort of want you to get slightly offended this morning that I might have called in a moment your greatest dream garbage. Now, what I'm not saying is that it has no value. What I am saying is if it's filled with the Spirit of God, if Christ dwells within it, it becomes something that can have surpassing value as Christ Himself does. I consider it all just garbage as he lets go of it all and takes hold of that. There, there is a difficulty in taking hold of it. To live in Christ is to live out of Christ's victory. He goes on and he says, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. We often become obsessed with the things that don't matter. You know, our greatest fear, and it's been said before, is not that we would succeed at things in life, it's that we would uh, that we would not succeed in life, but rather that we would succeed at things in life that don't actually matter. When we stand before the Father and we're like, hey, I've played professional footy and he's going, great. But that has no bearing. Yeah, but I had a great family. My kids, man, they love each other. And he'd be like, no, 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 no. Yeah, but did I have Jesus. All right, as a father, this scares me a little bit. I, I, I want to say this a little bit so we go, just a second, in actual fact, taking hold of Christ, let's not make it harder than it is. You have the key in your hand. Maybe you've never been to church or you haven't been to church often and you're like, okay, a little bit intense for Sunday morning. I thought I was coming just for resurrection. I want you to tell you, don't worry talking a little bit of the deaths, because if until you experience the death, you'll never experience the life. Can I tell you, you're holding the key in your hand. To live in Christ is to embrace the death of self and the life of Christ. To live in Christ is to passionately pursue Christ and everything He has for me. He says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, it doesn't just mean victory. It also means devastating defeat and disappointment. You know, I know I know for a fact that some people are going through a rough time right now. I never want to underestimate these things, and sometimes we gloss over them. But can I tell you, in Christ, you got this. Linda, you got this. Come on, family, you've got this. Because you're not walking empty. Because Christ, the hope of glory, lives in you. The Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead is in you. I can do victory, and I can do suffering. I can do plenty, and I can do want, because He's worth it all, and He thought we were worth it all. Not that I've already obtained all of this, he says in verse 12, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Now, I want you to take this for a moment because some people are like, well, I've hung around church for a long time and I still feel like it's out there. And the answer is, yes, it is. But that's not the the problem, that's the promise. The Apostle Paul who has encountered Jesus on the Maus Road and has laid his hands on the sick and declared the Word of God and faced trial and tribulation and come out victorious is still saying, I I haven't yet taken hold of the fullness of it. And I want to say this because you can't jump into the arms of life while you hold on to death. It's something we launch ourselves into. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, eh. And you're counting your chickens. You're looking like, is this all worth it? Can I tell you what it is? There's that place where you sit there and there's a nervousness in your gut. I sit there still to this day, probably a bad decision, at least my wife thinks so. Went back and started playing footy, rugby league. Broke lots of bones. And every time I sit on the sideline, I get a knot in my gut. I get nervous. And I sit there and I think, oh, dear God, Anne's going to kill me if I break another bone. I'm less scared of breaking bones than I am of the trouble I'll get in at home. And then I'm like, stuff it. <sighs> no, like, leave it all behind. Leave all the weakness behind. Leave all the doubt behind and jump out. To take hold of that for which you were taken hold of. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive.
1: And so maybe just as you've been listening and considering, maybe you're realising in this moment that you don't, you're not in Christ, that actually you've been living a life more in Adam, a life that's more about yourself, your own dreams, your own desires and expectations for life and that you're feeling empty or you're missing that fullness of life. Or maybe even it's just that you feel like you've given up and you're not pressing on anymore. You know, there is a sense in which we strive forward for that fullness of life. You know, I don't know where you're at this morning, but the Lord does. He knows your heart. He knows your past He knows your present, what's going on today. And He knows the future that you have. And Scripture tells us that if we believe in our hearts that Jesus was raised from the dead and that if we confess with our lips that He is Lord, then He will save us. He promises to forgive us and to save us. And so this morning, As we are here together in this moment, can we just take some time to remember those words, to consider our lives, to think about what it means to press on, to hold on to the hope that we have been given. Let us hold on to that promise that he forgives and that he brings full life.
0: So this morning, I just want you to take hold of that for which you were taken hold of. For You know, maybe you've never considered yourself a follower of Jesus. This is your moment. This is your moment. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And in taking hold of this, we let go of our past. We let go of our sin. We let go of our brokenness. And we confess that there's only one that can remedy greatest disease of humanity and that is our sinfulness. There's only one who has hope for tomorrow. Jesus is Lord and He died and He rose again. Let us partake in the bread and the cup. thank you that salvation is not something that we strive to do. Salvation and sonship, daughtership in you is something that we become in a sense as we come into Christ through faith. And so, Lord, today we we take hold, we take hold of You, We take hold of your death and we take hold of your resurrection in faith and hope, knowing that you are the first fruit, that you are the one who came before us, that we might be next, that we need not fear death, that we not need fear uh, the destruction of this world or the confusion of this world, but rather we can walk within it toward and we can launch ourselves toward life and life eternal. Lord, let us step out in faith as we take these emblems, knowing that there is no other name under heaven by which we might be saved. You are King, and You are Lord, and we are so grateful. The King has risen, and so too shall we. In Your precious, precious, precious name, amen. 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 You know, it is such a privilege to be with you as the uh, musos just jump back up. We need to go out with a bit of a bang. Let's make sure it's not a pop in the sound system. But, you know, it's such a privilege to be with you. But can I encourage you, if you have taken hold of that this morning, I want you to tell somebody around you that for the first time, I believed. For the first time today, I took hold of this because, trust me, I've been there. It changes everything because He changes everything. Amen. So let us stand and let us praise the King this morning. Let's uh, be the church this morning as we we, uh, continue in the life of Christ.
1: Amen.